Hi, I'm Kevin Liston. And I'm Joshua Crocker. And this is Kicking for a Living. A podcast about martial arts and business from two martial arts instructors. Awesome. Well, I am I'm really excited uh, for this episode, even though it was kind of, I feel like it was last minute. I know we've been talking about this for a while, but I'm really excited about the things that might come up and what we might discuss in this episode. I'm really excited for it. So we were thinking about, we wanted to give you some more stories about our experiences with martial arts and everything related to that. So we're going to talk a bit today about memorable experiences with events, seminars, tournaments, all the like we've been to, we've hosted, um, anything like that. Just some of those things that have happened at our dojo or outside of our dojo. And, and I was thinking about it and I'm like, man, I've, it was really hard, and you mentioned this, to nail down and pinpoint which ones we want to talk about. You know, we could probably do this for hours. I was going back last night, looking through some pictures, and then just trying to remember everything we've done in the last few years, or even some of the things we did uh, several years back when we first opened, trying to pick the perfect uh, stories to talk about today. Yeah, there was... I ran through several uh, in my head, but kind of narrowed it down to, I think... I think three, and I hope, I hope these come across as good or interesting. I I don't know, but I, I think I've narrowed it down to kind of three that that I that I want to talk about. And I've, I hope we I've don't got overlap. about two or three as well. I hope and, we don't overlap. <laughs> and our our goal with this is we're going to be specifically looking at experiences outside of classes. So these aren't going to be you know our experiences in a class or just kind of regular teaching. These are more the other things we've done, again, seminars or tournaments. A lot of these are things we maybe even had to go to another place to experience or was kind of a big event we had at our own dojo. That was more the approach we took. And I at least know for me, when I was thinking memorable experiences, they weren't necessarily my favorite experiences. I definitely think there's a lot of overlap with, you yeah. know, I enjoyed these experiences. But there, I also wanted to go with the ones that and left an uh, impression on me. Yeah, and I could go, we could probably do a whole other topic about things that have happened in the dojo during a class, during a specific class, but we were trying to go outside of that um, and just some things that we've seen, we've witnessed, we've been a part of. Um, see, and now, now another one popped in my head that I was like, oh, I was gonna, now I got four. All right, we'll, just, we'll have to see how this we goes. Just get started, see how long our stories take. <laughs> uh, would you like to go first, then? Well, since since uh, uh, I seem to have more, then, uh, yeah, I'll get started. Um, so, one of the memorable stories that I wanted to talk about was, so, Century Martial Arts. They're right in our backyard, but they would always put on a martial arts super show. Every summer, they would do this uh, for years and years and years. Um COVID, unfortunately, kind of put an end to it. Um, they still do it virtual for some, but to kind of sum up, to give you an idea, to give the audience and everyone an idea, they would invite martial artists, school owners, martial art business owners, um, competitors, anyone, anything martial arts related. It was like a big expo, and they would have guest instructors and speakers and presenters and they would do like a big opening ceremony night i mean thousands upon thousands of people vendors would be there with all kinds of different things and you would 
have a list of like who was speaking and who was a presenter and so i would go to like you know I'll, i'm going to start dropping names for most people they're going to be like huh but for those of you who might know these people like some of them were you know melody schumann would do a presentation on like how to teach kids and things like that or they would talk about uh business or you know frank silverman would do a presentation on the business of martial arts but sometimes they would get well-known martial artists, Superfoot Bill Williams, to lead a warm-up or a workout in the morning, um, or Benny the Jet Yakirez, or da-da-da-da-da. And the one that I wanted to talk about was Hicks and Gracie came and did a jiu-jitsu seminar. Um, and I was like, well, I, I was, gosh, I was only a white belt in jiu-jitsu at this time, I think. And I was like, well, I've got to do that. I just started jujitsu. I was just getting into it. I, I mean, do a seminar with Hicks and Gracie, that's a pretty big deal. And so I signed up for that seminar. And it was about hidden jujitsu. And the seminar was great. We were going over all these techniques and things like that. But what made it memorable, and the reason I want to talk about this, was as we're all training, we see the doors open and everyone kind of looks over and we see a whole bunch of other martial artists come in well it was pretty much the whole Gracie family was coming in and this was the seminar where they awarded him his ninth degree black belt so I got to be there for a little bit of Gracie history where Hickson got awarded his ninth degree black belt by all his brothers and siblings um you know of course what does everyone do they run they get their phone out and start videoing it as much as possible during this time and I'm sitting here just like oh my gosh, you know, what can I, you know, can I get a video of this? Can I get pictures? Can I get this going on? And so here I am, a white belt in jiu-jitsu. I know all these other black belts in jiu-jitsu who are like, you know, I've trained with him before, but I've never been a part of that history. Here you are, a white belt, you know, and you get to witness this cool thing. Um, and so that was just, it was very memorable. It was also memorable because the first thing he did was try to deny the belt. He tried to not accept it. He tried to say, like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not ready for it. I appreciate it. I'm not ready for it. I, I think it was probably part of a big show, but <laughs> I remember it, whether it was, you know, planned or not, him, you know, trying to refuse the belt. Whether it was planned or not, I remember this. And I remember all the, you know, all these people I train with essentially being, they weren't really jealous of me. They were, you know, jokingly jealous, but, oh man, I can't believe you got to witness that. You got to see that. You've only been doing this for a little bit, and I've been doing this for 15 years, and I've never got to see that. So that was, that was just, it was neat. It was cool to be a part of that. Sounds I, like, I mean, just get, get having that weekend to go and train in all these seminars and having all these martial artists in one place sounds like a great experience. And of course, that was you know, a great story of getting to see this, you know, big uh, promotion. Because uh, I'm, I'm thinking here of the highest ranked black belt I've ever met. Uh, would you know? Like, uh, the most tenored martial artist? That you've met is it ninth. Ninth, yeah. Okay, Robert so, Christensen. Yeah, I have, yeah. I have met a ninth degree black belt. Uh, the highest in our dojo is a Master fifth Dillard. degree. So definitely some up there. But yeah, whenever... Master Dillard, yep. Whenever you get a chance to... Even just, you know, learn a little bit from those people is always a big deal because, you know, martial arts is something you made your life about. You teach it. That's your job. You get a 
find someone else who has been doing it even longer. Uh, it's always an honor to get to learn from those people. Well, and this is also kind of that, you know, that was a big moment in jiu-jitsu history. Jiu-jitsu obviously got popular with UFC in the 90s and things, but just to kind of see that happen and be there. And of course there was, you know, probably a hundred plus other people at this seminar with me all witnessing the same thing, but it was just really, I think it was, I think the reason it stuck out was as I've said before, it was because I was such a low rank in jujitsu that part of the reason I was even at the super show was because of the being a business owner. It was because I owned my own school. It wasn't because of my, you know, ranks in jiu-jitsu or ranks in other martial arts. It's because I was a business owner. Um, and so being able to take that side of it and apply it to my training, get to meet all these, you know, fantastic martial artists, but then witness one of them get promoted feet away from me, you know. And, of course, everyone got to come up and, you know, get a picture and shake his hand afterwards and things like that. I, I also remember, maybe this was a little selfish of me, but I'm going to I'm gonna mention this, that I everyone there paid to go to this seminar. Not only the cost of having to go to the Super Show, but there was an upcharge for this seminar because it was Hicks and Gracie. Um, but then I'm like, man, this was really cool. This was really great. But, you know, that whole presentation took about 45 minutes of the two-hour training. And so I'm like... I really only got an hour and 15 minutes of training time and drill time. It's fine. It really isn't a big deal because it was still so memorable. But I do remember that thought going through my head once the novelty kind of wore off of like, man, I got gypped. I got gypped on my training time. They came in and disrupted the training time to promote him. I say this in jest. It was still a really cool event. I'm not mad. but That's how people feel whenever they're in a class. And they're like, I'm going to learn today. But then they realize I'm the teacher of that class today. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I was hoping for Mr. Liston. I got Mr. Joshua. <laughs> I, I don't think that's, that's ever the case. But Oh, it th- is. There are, well, there are many, many instructors and many times when we can go off on a soapbox and start talking about things too much instead of, you know, drilling. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to tell them the move and what to look for, but drill time's important. And so, and I did get a lot of drill time. You know, he didn't spend a lot of time up on stage showing stuff until that happened. Uh, and I, you know, I never found out if, you know, it was all acted like it was a surprise. You know, like he acted like it was a surprise and he didn't know... You know, and all the other Gracies came in. Gosh, there was 10 of them. I couldn't even tell you which ones it was um, that came in. And I have to think, you know, Century Martial Arts, Master Dead, I know they put it on. Did they know that was going to happen? Things that go through my head. Did they, surely they had some indication that they would have known, like, okay, this is happening, but don't let, you know, Hickson know it's going to be a big surprise and things like that, you know. I think they also did it because they wanted a crowd mm-hmm. um, of people. You know, the martial arts super show attracts a lot of martial artists, so it's a good audience. But also because they knew where he was going to be, and so they could, you know, show up. It was in Vegas. You know, that's usually where the super show is held, just because of the venues. So I always wonder 
how how much of that was an actual surprise and how much did they know and plan? Yeah. So that's kind of my first memorable experience. I want to start off with something, you know, a little bit probably more grand, grandiose, big, you know, here meeting this, you know, well-renowned, well-known martial artist and seeing this cool thing happen. So I want to kick it off strong. I had a, a lot of trouble coming up with ideas or experiences to talk about because I've been doing this for so long and since I was so little that there's a lot of very memorable experiences I've had uh, at the dojo or relating to martial arts mm-hmm. as I've grown Gosh. up. But a, a lot of those also, you know, they maybe weren't martial arts specific. Sure, it happened either at an event or class relating to the dojo, but they weren't really memorable because of martial arts. So I try to go with specifically ones that relate to training or teaching or anything on that wavelength, which nailed it down a little bit for me. Uh, and, cool. and But I did want to give an honorable mention to probably one of the more memorable experiences I've had and continue to have, and that was probably my black belt testing. But the reason, mm-hmm. like, I really want to talk about that, but the reason I can't is because <laughs> I don't actually remember much of any of it. So <laughs> can't really say it's a memorable experience if I have so few memories from uh that testing it was it's been five years now five years ago that i tested for my black belt well and we've we've done a black belt testing every year mm-hmm. and you've been at all of them yeah i and missed, so you've done i missed the very first black belt testing right. we hosted with when my mom tested for her black belt but then i tested for my junior black belt the next one and then I haven't missed one since. Right. So the ones I remember, the one I think I remember the very least amount is very possibly my actual black belt <laughs> testing. We knocked the senses out of you, so we did our job right. I even I was going through and looking for pictures from my testing, and I mean, there's some of me receiving my belt at the park the next morning, but I can't really find many of or any pictures from the actual test or from our sparring time. We just. Versus, you know, our last testing where I made a documentary afterward. Like, very different, you know, us keeping track of things back then. So, I, I remember more from my junior black belt testing, the very first one, uh, than I do from my actual overnight black belt testing the next time around. Do you think that because of that, because, you know, there weren't a lot of pictures part of the reason that you love doing this media so much because you're always getting pictures you do a documentary you do a yearbook do you think part of that is you want other students to be able to capture the memories that maybe you weren't able to capture or didn't capture i definitely think that's part of it i don't necessarily think it's because i didn't get all those memories captured necessarily i think it's just very much my love of you know telling stories and creating things that I see black belt testing, which has always, for me, been uh, a big, big experience and one of my favorite weeks of the year, even now as a teacher, and we talked about this a few episodes ago, Mm -hmm. that I want to, you know, pretty much tell the story of why this is such a great training experience. And yes, a part of it is I want to highlight and give those students testing a memory as well. So I, I think it's yes, a little bit to what you said, but also I think that's just in general 
what I enjoy doing and who I've always been is that kind of telling stories. Yeah, you you do. You are good at that. You've always been good at that. So what you said you remember your junior black belt more. What what do you remember from your junior black belt? Uh, I so some of the things I remember is first, uh, you know, I, I maybe don't remember the specific details, but uh, you know the run that we did, you know, first time I went on that, mm-hmm. uh, and at that point I probably hadn't done a lot of running before. I was a lot younger. I've done more running since, so that was kind of a new test for me. I remember the sparring. I remember some of the people there at a spar, uh, and that. I mean, since I was one of our first students to test for black belt, back then we would just, you know, bring in the best fighters we had. Some of them were just advanced ranks, some were black belts. It was a mix. Right. Yeah. Sparred <laughs> them. And then... Your startup. Uh, I remember bits and pieces from the evening. I remember, you know, working on kata forever. Uh, Chungji kata, or well, form. Uh, one of the basic level taekwondo form in our system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt like an hour, at least 30 minutes of just doing that kata and being told, fix your stances, do it again, fix this little thing. <laughs> and it was just over and over again. And this is late at night. I was always early to go to sleep, so I was tired. Eventually, I remember, you know, it's almost midnight, and then I'll get to go home, rest for a bit before being back in the morning. But as a small kid, you told me, I had to knock over a bag because that was something I never could do. So we had that blue bag right there, and I had to knock it over with a sidekick. And at that point, I'm sure the only time I knocked a bag over was with, like, a flying sidekick. So I had to run up to knock the bag over. So I just, you know, kept kicking the bag, and I wasn't allowed to leave the dojo that night until I knocked it over. And I eventually eventually did, left. And then in the morning... (laughs) You you were allowed to leave. You accomplished your goal. Yeah, I, I accomplished my goal, was super proud of myself, left... And we don't really do this anymore, uh, because now when the black belts come back, we just make them clean while we all go to breakfast and talk about them. <laughs> I'm joking. At that point, we've seen them all week. We don't want to talk about them anymore. But no, I remember, so I did have Good to point. clean up with uh, whoever else was testing with me that time. But then you made me uh, punch out a candle, I think it was, or light the candle and then maybe punch it out, something like that. I definitely, yes. I definitely had to light the candle because I used to be absolutely terrified of fire, a mm-hmm. uh, huge fear of fire. So I had to just light a candle to get over that fear. Uh, we don't really, we don't make them do like a fear test in the mornings anymore. We sometimes add it in as a challenge during the night. Uh, we, we talked about that last time. But yeah, I, I had to light a fire or light a candle really. Uh, which I'm sure I was terrified of. So I remember that as well. And then we went to an old mall nearby, and I got my junior black belt. Oh, yeah. We had that at the Yeah, because I got my, the mall. Yeah. I got my junior black belt at the mall, and then I got my first degree black belt at the park up in Norman. Right, because we, at that time, our dojo wasn't big enough to have every person in there all at the same time. So we had to, yeah, find those external locations. And... I'd love to go back to each of our black belt belt ceremonies and see where each of our black belts got their belt. Maybe make a map and be like, you got your black belt here, I got mine here, and just see all the different spots. Because we've done belt ceremonies at many locations now. Yeah, several parks. 
Um, we did it at the, the mall, which the whole reason we got the mall mentioned Master Dillard because he owned it. Um, and uh, we did it at that little shopping the center. The little shopping We did one at, yeah. uh, or a couple at the library, and I know one of our black belts the got library. his at the library. Is that uh, Phil? Yeah, I, th- I think Phil yep. got his black belt at the library. Uh, so, yeah, we, we've been all over the place with belt ceremonies. Our last two were just at the dojo. Uh, our first time doing a black belt ceremony at the dojo in forever. Yeah. My, my mom would have got hers at the high school. Yes. That's yep, right. So all over the place. And Dan. So yeah. I'll go in, since we've been talking about it for a bit, you know, definitely use black belt testing as my, you know, first experience. But I also just want to follow up with some of our more recent ones are that we've had three black belt testings now since COVID. I remember a lot more from after COVID than before. (laughs) Yeah, everyone does. And those have also been great experiences. And I think we've also really found kind of a good groove with our black belt testings, Mm -hmm. maybe, that we we really found what we want out of it and how we want to push the students. We've had a lot of younger students test the last couple of years, too, either for their junior black belt or older teenagers uh, testing. So it's also been very geared towards a younger crowd, uh, about my age, which has uh, been great as well. It hasn't really made much of a difference, but it's just noteworthy with some of the drills and the tests we put them through. Right. Trying to make that a little more, whether junior black belt or black belt respectively, make it a little more personalized of an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's... That's the thing about these events and being a business owner is, you know, changing and adapting and growing over time with with your students and everything like that. So, and I'm I'm glad that you remember uh, these testings, even though yeah. you say you remember your junior black belt more than your yes full I, black belt. But no, because a lot of the between the, all the testings after my junior black belt test and before COVID, all kind of just are mashed into one in my head. I don't really... I remember pieces of each of them, but I don't remember any specifically. So I don't remember which one was mine and which isn't. (laughs) I just remember being there for most of them. Uh, And I have more defined memories in the last few years. I do remember the bag. I do remember remember very specifically that we said, you have to knock this bag over. You can't leave until you do. Mm -hmm. And we held true to that, and you did get it down. You eventually got that bag. Of course, now looking back at it, kicking over a bag easy is not a big deal, yeah. you know. But again, I was I was twelve back then, very small. And even now, I think I was twelve. Yeah, twelve. We, or thir- I don't. Know. I think I was twelve. And our our new rule is, I think you have to be at least thirteen. And just the way our you know program is set up, that's you're going to be at least thirteen before you get there. Right. And I, similarly, I got my full black, or my first degree black belt when I was 14. We've now upped that to 16 years old for first degree, which I think is definitely good. And I won't say I'm upset I got my black belt when I did, because it's given me the last few years to really grow into it. But I do see as, uh, I think 16 is a good age, because what I've seen from the last few testings is there's a difference in those students who get their junior black belt you know, middle school, early high school age versus a couple of years later. 
they're able to, I think, appreciate some of the challenges a bit more. Right. One of our black belts, actually, he, he went back to back. He was 15, tested for his junior black belt. Next year was 16 and went for his first degree. Right. And you could even see the difference in him in that year, you know, of those tests and challenging him in different ways. Yeah, I remember that. And I remember, because I came from a school that there was no age. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, black belt was black belt. And I was like, man, I don't know. <laughs> there, There is definitely some growing in there. So I'm, I'm glad that we've, and of course, change and develop and grow as, as we go. But for even you to remember those experiences and kind of admit like, you know, I'm not upset, but I can see the reasoning for it. You know, that's kind of a, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a, that's really huge. Well, awesome, man. All right. That, yeah. Cool. Uh, I, I could keep talking about those experiences for a while, but I want to hear another one from you. Yeah. We got lots of black belt experiences. Um, so this one is, you weren't there for this one, but you will remember the event. Uh, recently we did an event called Stealth Ops. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was, um, we went out on some land. One of our instructors, their, their in-laws, parents have a farmland, uh, a lot of open land out there. We live in Oklahoma, so that's a thing. Um, and we had a big event where the kids would come out and they could wear like, you know, a ninja outfit, most of them knowing it was going to be out in the country, wore like camouflage. And it was all about stealth and being sneaky. And it was games, and it was for kids and adults. Some adults did join. Um, but it was, you know, go hide out in the field or hide there. Maybe it was a little bit of hide-and-seek, see how stealthy you could be. A little bit of like maybe like kind of tag or we, we themed it like go out, you know, be the ninja and try to find these people. But um, we sectioned off the land, like we got some tape, and we sectioned off kind of the area, said you have to stay within this area. There was, you know, some hay barrels out there, and there was, like, old, like, truck or, like, um, a, uh, a, like, trailer that they would, you know, pull their cattle or horses around in. There was some farming equipment and things like that. And they had permission. They said you can, you can hide around it under it, on it, you know, don't climb into anything that would be dangerous or anything like that. How so long like, did that last? Um, for the most part, they actually did. Okay, good. <laughs> for the most part, they actually did. You know, no one went underneath the tractor blades or anything like that. But we were playing, uh, it was hide-and-seek, we're going out, and we found everyone but one student. We could not find this one student. We're like... Man, they were a smaller student. They, I will admit, are very sneaky. They are very good at hiding. And and when I say it, it's going to sound really bad, and then I'm going to have to, to, to explain more. But eventually we found them hiding inside of the wood chipper. <laughs> and I know it sounds awful. And everybody, when we found them... All the adults, all just facepalm, and we go, oh my gosh, what is this kid doing? Now, to be fair, they were not in the actual wood chipper where, like, you would put the, the wood, the blades, nor were they in the place that goes out. There was, on top of it, a small, like, cubby hole you could get in, and I think what it actually was, was it was a hole that was designed to be removed for maintenance. 
So if you had to do any maintenance on it, they had this little cubby that you could take off and work on it safely without having to, you know, put yourself under and things like that. And this this kid was just small enough to fit in there without having to take it off. And first off, how they fit in there, I didn't even know it was open. I thought it was covered. So we look in there, of course, you know, discussions had to be made after this this fact and all the adults were all like oh my gosh like let's let's not you know get a picture of that <laughs> let's let's talk to the kid about safety and things like that and but i remember this for several reasons one it was one of those like oh my gosh moments what are you doing hiding in there but two was this kid was so dedicated to not being found they hid in there and there was a wasp nest in there. Oh, yeah. And they they didn't notice it when they climbed in, but as they were, like, sitting there, they would they looked and they saw a wasp, and they kind of moved their eyes, and they, they saw the wasp nest, and there's wasps just hanging out on the wasp nest, flying around their head, and they were so still because they were, they said, if I freak out about the wasp, I'm going to get caught. And they didn't want to lose. They did not want to get found. They were like, I am going to win this match. And so there they are, not only in this little, like, shaft, maintenance shaft for the wood chipper, which is not where they should have been in the first place, but there's a wasp nest also in there with them. And they refused to move out of there because they they didn't care if they get stung, which you know how painful that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And it just... It just sticks, it's one of those moments that sticks with you. Because while, you know, this kid shouldn't have been in the place they were in, you have to admire this dedication of, man, they were so still that they were just letting wasps fly around their head because they didn't want to get found. You know, I suppose if they're ever in danger and they have to go hide, they're probably going to do a good job of it. They're not going to make any noises. Um, So... That that was definitely a memorable experience, and I think all of us there, the the kids thought it was awesome. The adults were like, you know, all when they were fine, no injury, they didn't get stung, all with a sigh of relief. You know, the kid's mom was there, and even at the end, she chuckled and was like, "Of course, it would be my kid that would do that." I won't drop any names. I'm not trying to get anyone in trouble. That's that's already been done and over with, but. I definitely remember. I definitely remember that because we had to, we had a thing where we had whistles and we said, if we blow the whistle, game's over. If you're not yeah. found, you won. And so we had to blow the whistle because we just could not find them. Uh, pretty crazy story. And I know a lot of the, the students, the kids, said they had absolute blast to that, that event this year. A lot of their favorite event this year was the Stealth Ops. The Stealth Ops, yeah. And yeah, this was a recent story. And I'm glad you went recent with yours because my next experience is even more recent. uh, Is we we hosted our very first tournament just a couple months ago at our dojo. Uh, And I want to talk about this one because leading up to the tournament, I was in charge of pretty much everything about getting it ready to go. Mm -hmm. Getting the medals, setting up the events, all the logistics... So I spent several weeks, you know, just getting ready. And I was very excited because 
it's not that I love tournaments. Uh, I, I get called a competitive person quite a bit. And while true, I think it's maybe sometimes a bit overblown. Uh, but I was definitely looking forward to it. I'm in charge of our competition team, so I was getting them ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I was ready for it. And, and again, kind of like what I was saying earlier, I just like these big events where you get a chance to kind of show off. We get these pictures and videos, and it's just kind of this big deal, this big story. I look forward to those events, and I wanted to make sure this one was great for our first tournament. And it, it went very well, starting in the morning with our little kids group. Uh, I remember watching them at that very first event. It was an obstacle course, and watching them cheer for each other mm-hmm. and get super excited, and some of the black belts and high ranks going out there too, and with handicaps and competing <laughs> against the kids. It was a lot of fun. They all had very good attitudes seeing them, you know, have a great start to the morning. Then we get to the next group. Again, they do very well. At just going really good. Get to see some of the work that even these young and new students put in on either katas. There was a couple who even created their own kata, which was great. We had all these other events. There's one thing with this tournament I wanted to do was have a wide array of events. So we had 12 different events to choose from because I didn't want it to be, you know, a tournament just for the high ranks. I wanted if there was a new white or yellow belt that they could, you know, do a, this kicking event or they could see how far they can punch a bag or there was, you know, the plank endurance, see how long you can hold a plank. And, and you know, getting, getting into later in the day, we had two students hold a plank for, you know, 12 minutes refusing to lose and would you believe one is from the story mr liston told earlier he told earlier <laughs> it does the same one actually yeah same student yeah stubborn uh, to say the least <laughs> but no i mean it was very proud of watching them i cannot hold a plank you know even four minutes yeah, it hurts my you, back but watching them was impressive. incredible i was very proud of them and overall just you know a lot of fun and seeing all the you know work that put in the excitement the encouragement on the side, and with definitely some things to tweak in future years. It's been one of my favorite events we've ever done, and I hope it's one we can continue, kind of like we said with black belt testings, perfect over time, and really, you know, have a, a good run with it. Oh, and, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that, you know, it's, because I know you've been to a lot of tournaments, mm-hmm. but it is one thing to be a competitor in a tournament versus run one. Um, and run one successfully. Like a lot of tournaments are very hard to manage, and so kudos to you. I barely remember even any of the performing I did. I was in so much running it mode that right. I've already have ideas for how to maybe make it better for us black belts next year. The only thing I really remember about my performance is getting upset at you know losing kata and blaming everyone for rigging it against me which i stand by i i, th- I, I think it was I agree rigged with you. <laughs> and totally messing up my bunkai uh, and it was all my fault but the but then you mentioned you know it's very hard to run a tournament and towards the end we were definitely having some difficulties with you know the planning maybe our timing was a bit off and i was definitely getting frustrated that that but, you know, once I had a chance to actually sit down and eat dinner, the first time I had sat down and ate a meal that day, uh, <laughs> you know, I felt better yeah. and I could see how great an experience it was. And I'm not sure I've got a chance to do this yet, 
but I'm also thankful for all the black belts who all the black belts who had high praise for the event and high praise for me. Uh, I, I know he listens to this, so I know Phil was one of the first people to make sure I got a shout out before we left that day. So yep. wanted to say thank you to him as well because it means a lot to host such a big event, our first tournament at our school, and it to go so well and to see you know the absolute great time all the students ha- had. And I said Stealth Ops is one of the most popular events we had. The other one I've heard high praise of this year was our tournament. So right. I know it was also a very well-appreciated, well-liked event. Well, and because you mentioned at the very beginning, those you know, our littlest ones, we call little ninjas, four, five, and six-year-olds, did the obstacle course. Miss mm-hmm. Deb had her ladies, by request, the ladies requested to go through that same obstacle course as That's part of right. their workout because they just thought it looked so fun and so cool. I, mean, I think I went through it. Back no, I did it with one leg. I had to hop through the obstacle course on one leg. Right. I know some of the black belts had to do it with their eyes closed. That Others was me. did it backwards. That was John. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, that one was a lot of fun. It, it, starting the morning with the little kids was great. They they had a blast with it and they had great attitudes. Well, and uh, that I think that's the biggest thing from that tournament is that that everyone had such a good attitude. You know, none of the kids got super upset. Maybe a few of them were like, oh, man, I could have done better. They were over it within seconds. Um, You know, none of the parents got upset. You know, there was even some debate over which kid won. And I I remember the kid was like, ah, it's fine. No big deal. You can give it to them. They're my friend. Give them the medal. And the other one was like, are you sure? Like, just uh, this conversation between our own students about, like, you know, that good sportsmanship. So, yeah, I... Well-run tournament. That I, was a lot of fun. I don't even think I've talked about my favorite moment from the day yet. Nope. And it's the reason I want to get back into training more jiu-jitsu, if I can find the time, is it was the free roll uh, tournament we had in the middle of the day. Uh, we had, let's see, four, well, with you and Chris, six adults mm-hmm. who rolled, and then our seven kids who all were in a bracket together. And watching those, it was just so much fun. It was definitely, you know, I think the most into it everyone was. Like, that whole room just felt like they were, you know, on the edge of their seat watching, (laughs) especially as you get towards the end. We had some matches go the whole five minutes, Mm -hmm. uh, go down to points, and it was just so much fun watching as, you know, one of the kids might get into a favorable spot on the ground, but the other one, you know, was able to fight right back. Because they're all they're all white belts in that class, so they're still new enough that you know they probably have make mistakes here and there. Oh yeah. But they're also you know good enough students that they know what they're doing and they're able to you know take advantage of the situation and still look good. It didn't look like they were just you know rolling around with no clue. You could tell they knew what they were doing out there. Well, and I think for a lot of them who uh, still come from kind of the more uh, taekwondo karate style point style matches it was just different for them to yeah. see and kind of bridge that gap a little bit there um because i know that uh, the the fight sim that we ended up uh doing the other day like that was that was yeah that was too. also yeah like they enjoyed watching that and we need to do the adults on that one as well we still so. haven't even finished the tournament <laughs> and we had we had adults that hey we were running out of time and then some were 
like Phil was going out of town. He didn't want to do it and things like that. At that point, we were so busy running the tournament. If we had put gear on to fight, I don't think we would oh, have it given our it best. Would, yeah, it, we, we were all hungry. We hadn't eaten since that morning, and we were coming into the... I mean, that's just yeah. the way it goes. It would not have been a good performance. <laughs> so no, we, we, I'm, I'll look forward to that as well when we get around to that. If you have any quick stories you want to share real quick about their experiences, um, we've got a few minutes left before we have to go. Man, I, so I was thinking, and you know, quick like shout outs on some memorable moments here. You know, I I remember I've done not one, not two, but three different training sessions, workouts with Bill Superfoot Wallace. Um, again, all at the Super Show. Just every year, he always does an early morning workout, and we always go. Um, those were memorable. I remember getting my, a picture with, you know, Chuck Norris and his wife. Like, he was there, and there was a big line for everyone to get pictures. Um, and so that was cool. That was also cool because Master Dillard, who is, who's one of my uh, instructors and a great, great guy, knows him very well. So that was very memorable an experience. Um, I also, I remember, this is not necessarily an event, but I remember opening our school. I remember being there late at night, putting the mats down, putting all the tape down, getting everything ready for classes, because we were so determined to be open that Monday that we, you know, stayed up late Sunday night to get all the mats down. So Monday we're all dead tired, but we still taught classes our first day. And I also remember that, I don't know if you were there this day, that our third day, Wednesday. Oh no, I was not here that day when I I know the story. A tornado. Third day open, we have a tornado. We all have to go down to the the restaurant just down the, the way from us and get in their shelter. Um, and like, I remember helping one of the kids in the shelter who was really scared. And I remember one of the workers at the restaurant saying, you know, Hey, I appreciate you, you know, helping all these kids down there. This is, this seems like a good place that I want to take my kids. I just did it cause I thought it was the right thing to do. Um, but I remember that, uh, I remember when we had a student <laughs> in a parents night out playing games and get so angry do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah. That they decided to go in the bathroom and use our toilet bowl. I've apologized cleaner. already. <laughs> it wasn't you. <laughs> Instead of the, they got so mad that they got out of the game that they intentionally missed. Um, but it's just those little experiences that. I, I remember the first class. It was a basics class with 18 students. I still remember that number. And I also remember some of the before we ever opened, going around the neighborhood with the the brochures. Mm, Uh, You, me, and my sister, we went around uh, sticking brochures on doors. We got one student out of the hours we spent doing that. That was our first First official student. Yep. I remember also uh, being in our backyard at my old house, and you were out there uh, with at least me. I don't know if my sister was there, too. But you taught us Chung Ji for the first time, because that'd be one of the new katas we were learning. So I remember where I was when I first learned Chung Ji kata, and oh, then yeah. I guess my this isn't from when we opened, but I, 
Real quick, wanted to mention, back when we used to go to the skate parks, early Saturday mornings, you remember that? Uh-huh, yeah, I'm and sure. we would do the work, yep. This isn't something I think about a lot, so I don't know if you would say it's memorable in that sense, but I, I just remember some of those like early workouts and just, you know, challenging myself, pushing myself. And, you know, I, I've all, I always loved moments like that. Even when I woke up early, I did not want to be awake that early. I, you know, they were exhausting workouts, but it was just something challenging. And I hope that we keep finding ways to have, you know, things like that, that maybe mm -hmm. aren't, you know, always fun right away, but you're always glad and thankful you did them. Plus, I remember some of the people who used to go to those workouts early Saturday and, you know, you always feel nostalgic thinking about those old students you trained with, old right. peers and friends. Uh, some that we, even though they've moved to other states, we still keep in touch with a few actually. Mm -hmm. So just a great group. So we, we would go early Saturday mornings to the skate park and then still have to teach classes. There were still classes that morning. <laughs> that was back when we also did the bow, the bow staff in the park. Bow staff in the park, yep. yep I, remember I remember that event just and across the way. And I will also say that we, we recently did a fun little exercise, recently, it was probably over a year ago, did an exercise where we all were like, what was the first event that Integrity ever hosted? Every single one of us said it was Alex's birthday. Yes, yeah. And then you corrected us. Because that wasn't it. What was the very first thing that we did? We I don't even remember the exact location, but it was some strip mall in Norman. Uh, and it was a size seminar. Yes. Yeah, we, we learned size, and I had never picked up a size before then, because I, I had done some weapons before at a previous school, but they didn't teach size, so it was the very first time I got to learn size, mm -hmm. one of my favorite weapons now. Yeah, it was like a little, like, kids' athletic building yeah. or something, and they allowed us to come in there and host the seminar for two hours, and it was oversized. I, I don't, and I forget that one quite a bit because we always say, you know, the first event at our school at the dojo. Yeah, but technically, a month or whenever it was before we yeah. did that, because that that was the first event the the school the business hosted, but our facility wasn't open yet. So, uh, and when I think back on it, I'm like, oh right, you know. I do remember we have so many different, you know, things going on like that. That you know, I remember when Master Chip Townsend came down and did a kick like Chip and leadership seminar, and we're all kicking the bag. And you know, I go up there as an instructor with all my students watching, and I throw a kick, and we were all sweating, and my foot slipped on sweat, and I fall down right in front of everybody. And I remember him looking at me as I stand up quick, and he goes, I didn't see anything. <laughs> and I was like, ugh. There's that humbling moment. I used to do cool things in front of the school all the time. Then I became a teacher, and now I only do cool things when no one's watching. <laughs> it does feel like that, doesn't it? So, I mean, lots of... lots. Of, that was kind of our shout-out blitz through events. Of things that, and I'm sure, memory yeah. comes and goes. I, I got a couple more that, you know, I made notes of that I didn't even get to. So those are more, they've got some negative aspects to them too. So I decided to hold off on those ones. They were still positive experiences. But one of the reasons they were positive is just because, you know, sometimes you learn from your own mistakes or 
the mistakes of other people is <laughs> right. what makes those a bit more memorable. But yeah, we'll, we, we might have to do a part two to this, you know, at some point. Or maybe just, you know, some of the events that we've gone to. Because, I mean, I've, I've gone to several events with several other instructors that I've learned a lot with. And I feel, mm-hmm. I feel bad not mentioning them. But, you know, it's not that it wasn't a memorable experience and I didn't get a lot of great training. It's, A, I only have so much time. And I was trying to go with more something unique about it more than just, yeah. you know, a training or something like that. And, I go, and just to finish today's episode is that, you know, there's so much great things that happen in classes. But these events, these seminars, if you get a chance to have a experience opportunity like this, I would definitely take it because, you know, you're it's different. And when you're outside of that normal routine... And when you do have something big that a lot of people have put work into getting ready or you get the chance to meet someone new and different, there's a lot that you can take away from that. And even if it's, you know, you don't have some crazy story, you know, you might just take away with a simple technique. We had a guest instructor a couple of years ago who she just taught a really simple sparring concept that I still use and teach to this day. So yeah, 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 it was the jab, the jab. Yeah, it was just all about the using jab. a jab. Yeah, but I still, you know, remember that mm-hmm. from when she came down. So yeah, if you get a chance, and that's why you know, one of the reasons as a business owner and we work at you know a school that we try to have so many events is because we want to give chances to our students. We think we're not going to host a benefit. It's not something we're excited about, right? And if you're, whether you're new to martial arts or a martial artist yourself, man, go go do some events with other schools. See if you can get guest instructors, you know, just do something new, work with your student, like just that different experiences um, to put in your brain. And, you know, you never know what happens. Sometimes you get really memorable things that just pop up out of nowhere. Um, so I was really, I was really excited to get to go through some of these yeah, no, today was a really fun episode. Awesome. And Good little wrap-up, too, for the season. Here. Yeah, our, our last episode of season one, we're going to go on a pretty short hiatus. We won't be gone long because we want to get back and record more episodes soon. But I know you've got a vacation coming up. We're about to move to our new uh, facility. So we're going to be re- busy for the next month or so. But then we'll get back in. We'll have new episodes shortly, starting with season two. Uh, looking at more guests we can have on, more topics. If there's something you want to hear us talk about, let us know. Uh, you can always reach out to us uh, as a team or individually, or you can just leave a comment on this episode. And we'll definitely see if we can get that into our schedule for future episodes and future topics. Yeah, ask us questions. We want to do an episode where we answer all your questions. So let's build those up. We'd love to have a QA. and uh, Or if there's, you know... If, if you even know us personally and there's someone you want us to bring on as a guest, uh, another one of our instructors you know, uh, let us know. They're, we, we're really excited and we got a lot of exciting plans for Season 2. But for now, keep kicking. For a living.